When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself yourself a Gun. gun. Jesus Christ, Vince. (laughs) A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and And talk talk about about it. it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, it's very... uh, There's... It's it's a very good podcast. No one ever says that before their podcast starts. Um, yeah, we we, uh, we talk about you know not just like the show in general, but we like to talk about what's going on at the time the show was filmed, that the time it was released, how very '90s it is. I mean, we we really get into it. We're also the world's only Sopranos podcast, so. If you happen to be someone who listens to something else and you're like, oh, but I've listened to these other Sopranos podcasts, those aren't real. Don't, don't, don't listen to those. Cause they're, those, you know, they just, uh, they take it too seriously. Isn't that right, Vince? No, no, listen to all those. Just make sure you listen to this one. They're our friends. God, they're our buddies. Damn it. Honestly, look, I was trying to get, uh, uh, Vincent Pastor to come on uh, to do an interview with us, but then he yeah, said, "Yeah, big pussy." Yeah, he said he wouldn't do it because he was loyal to uh, you know one of these other Sopranos podcasts. With yeah, with Michael members that don't exist. Yeah. And I was like, you know, right. there's a lot of fish in the ocean. There's there's water for all of the fish. Uh, I don't know what this You'd metaphor figure. means, but no, there's yeah, a lot of podcasts you can listen to them all. Doesn't feel like a feud. We started ours first, but that's that's fine. I know. I, I, I do wish that, uh, you know, his people uh, had really conveyed the message that uh, although Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharipa do do a Sopranos rewatch podcast, um, they don't really do what we do. Mm-hmm. And what we do is is simple. We watch Sopranos. Uh, we talk about how, how it's a show about titties and meat. And then we uh, do cool remixes of uh, different clips, yeah. and that's that's a different that's a different type of podcast. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. All right, so our guest today uh, is a TV writer and the co-host of the uh, Sexy Unique podcast, Carrie O'Donnell. How you doing, Carrie? Hey guys, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So you uh, are a Sopranos fan. I am one. Well, I'm, I'm from Jersey too, so I feel like I was oh. kind of coming in, coming into my coming of age in the age of Sopranos in New oh. Jersey. I, where, I where in New Jersey? Jersey? I'm from South. I'm more near Philly, so I'm I'm not like in true Sopranos land. But right, right. There's a lot of that going on where I'm from too. So I, but I used to watch. I would like watch with my parents on Sunday nights, and I would like 
you know, sometimes I wouldn't watch, but I would like peer around and see if there's something <laughs> it. And, um, so I was, you know, I was like in elementary school, middle school when it was first coming in. Oh, isn't, so you're, uh, you're isn't a young what man. exit a thing you ask when you're from when you're from Jersey? Yeah. So. So do they go? So, do they do they go up in number as you get further north, or vice versa? Um, I think, I think vice versa. I'm I haven't lived in Jersey for a few years, so I'm I'm a little rusty. But yeah, it's the Jersey Turnpike and the Garden State Parkway are sort of the the dominant routes mm-hmm. where everything is. Everything takes place on either one of those. So, have Have you ever been to uh, that uh, that Jersey Shore they got? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we used to have a beach house in Ocean City near Atlantic City. Nice. Um, and and I'm I live like 40 minutes away from the Pine Barrens, which I know Ooh. is like a, a yeah important episode, classic episode or so we hope. Yeah. So I <laughs> I know I'm familiar with all that the weirdness of it, and nice. I think the show really taps into that nicely. So when nice. people say what exit, like do you say a number or do you say the street? I mean, I was off 295, so my okay. exit was like the Cherry Hill. I mean, you said a uh, number, so. Yeah, 295. But that's yeah. not an exit number. Uh, that okay. was okay. That was a, a highway number. And yeah. he said a name for the. Anyways, we know a lot about New Jersey Look, on this podcast. It's important more, information. You know more about exits than I do, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm not. Maybe I need to hang up my Jersey. My Jersey. Nah. All I, know, all I know is I saw a shirt once that had an outline of new jersey on it and then the caption was what exit so like uh, you're correct that's all i know that's that's the extent of my knowledge it's all based on a shirt that you saw yeah <laughs> well I, I anything i know about new jersey comes from uh, my dad who grew up in newark oh. um and so all i know about new jersey is like uh now the neighborhood's mostly black yeah that's all i know I literally like, and he's, he says black with a hard B. He's a weird guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I know about Jersey. He's like, Oh, the, uh, you know, it used to be a Jewish neighborhood. And I was like, all right. Yeah. It's and, a, there's, I feel like there's a Jersey has a sordid past in many yeah. respects. Um, I'm sure it has a sordid present. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I think Jersey, I love Jersey and, Especially like I was in New York for five years, so mm-hmm. like everyone was from New Jersey. I feel like, but yeah, come to LA, it's rarer, and I always feel excited when someone is from even more specific from my area. But even if they're just from New Jersey, I get excited, and I feel like we have like a false like intimacy immediately that we're like, right, we're, right. We get each other, but like we don't at all. But we're yeah. I choose to believe the ruse, you know. It feels in some ways like a funhouse mirror version of uh, like Southern California. Like the culture, a lot of the things are the same. It's like high, it's like highway culture and like mall culture and sort of that, uh, you know, that like same mass market, like cheesiness, but then with different, uh, but like you know, the people look different, like with like a different, uh, I don't know, ethnic breakdown, I guess. No, you're that's. I feel like I've actually thought that too. Um, I've never heard someone describe it as accurately as you just did, but um, nice. No, it is yes. very like highways and like strip malls and yeah, um, yeah. Mall culture is kind of big here. 
So I, I think you're, and especially down towards like Orange County, like yeah, a lot of that reminds me of South Jersey. It's just one giant mall. Yeah, you That's... guys got an Orange County, Southern California's got an Orange County. Oh yeah. shit! There you go. Good point. Yeah. Wow. Damn, dude, you you actually know a lot more about New Jersey than you've ever let on in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we that was it. That was all of it. Yeah. Wow. Those are good. Those are good factoids, though. I just googled my exit. I'm exit 32. Oh, there we go. Nice. So it is numbers. Yeah, you were right. Well, there we go. Speaking of numbers, that's a transition. Um, today we're gonna talk about the number three episode of season three of The Sopranos, and it's called "Fortunate Son." Um, but before we get into that, it is time for Vince to play the intro. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. It's funny every time. All right. Yeah. Do uh, any of the other Sopranos podcasts have that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Also, if they did, they probably legally have the rights to play the music. <laughs> which parody. we don't. It's fair which, use. That's which is why fair it's parody. Use. parody. Fair use. Yep. Fair yeah. use. We don't need a license. Um, so today's episode premiered uh, March 11th, 2001. Once again, it's called uh, Fortunate Son, Season 3, Episode 3. So, um, Vince, what was going on during the time of oh, this Oh, you mean we're, ta- we're taking the Remember When machine? Walk, walk, Remember Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. Boom. Two for two on just amazing stings. Yeah. Um, so, right. Uh, March 11th, 2001. Just to put this into cultural context, some of the headlines uh, that were going around that day were uh, in the New York Post. Uh, unmatched success. Rob Thomas sounds off on hitting it big. Uh, wow. That, that is. <laughs> Whoa. That is, of course, the, about Rob Thomas, the lead singer of Matchbox Twenty. Who, and this is uh, this is two thousand one. Yeah. Well, two years earlier, he came out with Smooth, which you know, if and, anything, and like, has aged like a fine wine. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Smooth gets gets better and better every time I hear it. But uh, I mean, because Matchbox Twenty is, uh, I would describe as firmly nineties music. Yeah. But in yeah. two thousand one, March eleventh. <laughs> Their PR guy reached out to uh, the New York Post and they were like, we need another article. <laughs> ASAP. I, think, I mean, I think Rob Thomas and Santana are timeless, but uh, sure. you know, I respect that assertion. Um, some of the other headlines. Uh, the uh, Russia tells of major loss in Chechnya. From mm, the early time. Sad. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the war that, of course, brought us Vladimir Putin. Um, yeah. California jobless rate lowest in 30 years. Well, I'm sure it'll stay low. Yeah, nothing bad will happen. <laughs> nothing bad ever happened in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I know, pre 9 11, Rob Thomas is like 
throwing me right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It it is it's wild because you really do realize that uh he had a V-neck you know, and a metal shiny necklace. Uh-huh. The 90s did not end officially until September 11th, 2001. And so like they still got, you know, they they're still we're talking about uh fucking Matchbox 20 and Rob Thomas and Tana. I mean, shit is shit yeah. is looking good. I also feel like the New York Post was like seems like they were hurting for news that year so just... <laughs> oh my god yes yeah. we <laughs> remember slow news days god those were good those rules you know <laughs> yeah um the top movies were uh the mexican um mm-hmm. starring brad pitt and jennifer anson uh 15 minutes starring robert de niro and ed burns um mm-hmm. which is a movie that i did not remember at all um nope and uh holdover from last week sea spot run Starring David Arquette and a dog. Um, right. It's it's about a dog that goes into witness protection. And we got an email from uh, a listener who reminded us that uh, Steve Sharipa uh, is in it. Bobby Bacala. Mm-hmm. Isn't that? Uh, Bobby Bacala it plays a mafioso trying to kill the dog in C-Spot wow. Run. Yeah. So Well, well, well you see what Sopranos did for his, his career. <laughs> Um, and the the top songs, uh, holdovers, all holdovers from last week. Stutter by Joe featuring Mystical, uh, Drive by Incubus. Still topping the charts. Still topping the charts. And that was the Wayback Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yes. I think James Gandolfini was in the Mexican. Yeah. he. I think he. Yeah. I, I think he was the Mexican. I don't remember exactly, but he was the. Uh, that, you know, was he? He was, he was the head guy. <laughs> Particular role. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you know, uh, I I hate to to do this, but uh, James Gandolfini's canceled. <laughs> I got to do it. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. he's taking roles from Mexicans. It's done. Uh, he's done. Mm, it's too bad. All right, so let's get into this. We could have had Carlos Mencia playing the Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. That the, he didn't get big till a few years later. Uh, so well, yeah. yeah. He was very. He was very much a post nine eleven. Phenomenal. Oh, very post 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the episode is called uh, Fortunate Son. And uh, let me just uh, break down the Bada B stories. All right. Here we go. Uh, Chris gets made. Polly gets paid. AJ is afraid. Janice steals leg. <laughs> Jackie Jr. dresses like Blade. Meadow throws shade, and Tony stayed while Satriali's finger got flayed, which left him dismayed and needing first aid. How about that? Yeah, good job. Great. Thank you. Great work. I mean, we could just describe the plot, you know, like a normal speech. But let's do it. I like your rhyming (laughs) stuff too. Uh, What, uh, Vince? Give us a brief synopsis of the episode. Uh, You want the actual written one? Yeah. Uh, Christopher finds that being a made man isn't all it's cracked up to be. Meanwhile, Janice moves into her mother's house where she soon gets a leg up on Livia's former housekeeper. (sighs) (sighs) HBO Max's descriptions of episodes are getting more and more cheeky and I do not like it. No. Um, so we start out, uh, and, uh, Christopher's getting made, which, uh, it's, uh, you know, sort of anticlimactic in, in this version of it. Cause I feel like. We're coming off Goodfellas where right. like they find out Joe Pesci's about to get made and it's a huge deal and you know, he kisses his mother and, and he yep. dresses in a nice suit and then he 
walks in the room and realizes he's getting whacked and then Robert De Niro break kicks down the the uh payphone booth. Yeah, the phone booth. But in this is, you know, it's just uh some guys they meet in a parking lot in Jersey and then they uh they go hang out at a house. Um and he sees And then a they crow. go to a strip club. He sees yeah. a crow. Well, they don't go to a strip club. They basically stay in like a strip mall uh meeting room like what was the venue for that i i, I like oh the- oh yeah yeah you mean uh during the 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 making no Is so the they- making happened to look like in some sort of basement club they hang out in a lot of clubhouses i feel like the mafia sure. is just a series of man caves that they go to yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Like elks club or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly i mean it really is the elks club um and then and then christopher gets made which is interrupted by a, a crow on the windowsill, which is like my right. favorite. One of my favorite like recurring motifs in The Sopranos is just like everyone wondering how uh, superstitious they should be now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone also has a, a specific fear of animals and symbolism <laughs> with those yeah. animals. Like, and and I you're not even. Sh- What's that? I love crows, so I was I was very excited. <laughs> if you got made you saw the crow you'd be like oh <laughs> yeah i i loved that he was freaked out by it um and i was surprised to see that this wasn't just like uh kind of like a made-up omen that apparently there is some sort of lore behind uh, a bird in the house is is being bad luck or something like that. Um, and actually, uh, I, I have a, a clip of that. It was that bird. It was that fucking bird in a window. It was a coincidence. I was making good jack at that betting parlor. I was in the fucking zone. Now everything turns to shit. The bird thing is if it's in the house, flapping around, and that's death, not bad luck. Will your mother loan me the money? She's still paying for a hysterectomy. Is that fucking tennis brace that I got you? Why don't you get rid of that stupid fucking Range Rover, which you shouldn't have even bought if you couldn't afford it? Ow! Yeah, they they packed in a lot of uh, a lot of information. A lot of world building was done in that scene alone. Uh, I mean, number one, you find out that uh, a bird in the house is actually, uh, you know, some sort it's of worth two in the betting parlor. It's worth yeah, worth two in the betting parlor. Right. Um, and uh well, like also, Sicilians are the most superstitious motherfuckers on earth like I'm sure you could find some sort of like Sicilian superstition for just about anything the podcast I do we, we do like we recap old reality shows and we did nice. season two of Jersey New Jersey Housewives mm-hmm. which is very like mob <laughs> adjacent feeling yeah and we incorrectly we were confused on why someone was wearing the Italian horn and on like a necklace and we got a flood of Italian Americans being like, you don't know anything. Like it's about <laughs> it off evil spirits, like the evil eye. And like, uh-huh. all that, like they allude to witchcraft in the show. So they are, and I think some of them are from Sicily. So they're very like it, hardcore about it. Yeah. It's weird. Cause it's like, I understand like, uh, superstitions derived from like hardcore Catholicism because, you know, at some point, if you start really believing uh, in, catholicism or any religion sure it's all superstition in in some way what's weird is that uh 
like Sicilians uh, and uh, Italians in general seem to have very specific. Oh, this is all pre-Catholicism. This is like yeah, right. Yeah, this yeah. is way, this is like pagan shit. Well, I mean, <laughs> Catholicism was smart. They're like, oh, you guys got a, you guys got a tree. Uh, well, the tree uh, that you dance around that's that stands for Jesus's birthday now. So it's right, kinda, yeah, like yeah. They, they, you yeah. know, they co-opted all They're, the old pagan shit. Yeah, they were good at uh, incorporating it, it all into the religion. But uh, yeah, yeah, so so he sees the crow, and um, I don't know. Their weird superstitious stuff is some of my favorite stuff in The Sopranos, and it and it goes it goes to like one of my favorite shots in the finale, which we'll get to later. But uh, yeah, so you're talking about the cat, the cat, yeah, yeah. Polly has a thing with a cat. Uh, Chrissy has a thing with a crow. Uh, Tony has a thing with ducks and horses. Uh, I, I, yeah, horses. Like there's, there's just uh, there's a lot of uh, animal superstition in this. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. So th- I also love that Christopher just then decides to blame a woman. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then they yeah. go from they go from him getting him getting made to like this incredibly well lit like. I don't know, banquet space in like sure. a mall somewhere. And uh, I love that there's just these strippers that are dancing while they're like sitting around a, ba- a fully lit banquet space. Uh, just, oh, like, that's eating, right. So they weren't food. they weren't in the Bing. They were no. in just a, a banquet space <laughs> yeah. with strippers. Yes. Yeah. I also, yeah. I also always forget like this, the scenes when in the strip club, like the music that's always playing is like <laughs> always really like, awesome and like not like for a show about mobsters like the music's almost like a music that you would hear at like a gay club like it's like they're playing that song a remix of like i see you baby shaking shaking that ass, that ass. Like, yeah i don't know it's just like that's such a great like the house music. i don't know you know what i mean it's like almost, yeah it doesn't almost match up with the yeah especially since like as soon as you take your eyes off the strippers you're just kind of hanging out with your boys, listening to "I See You, Baby, Shaking That Ass," and you're right; it does have like yeah. oh, this, I mean, I this think, off feel to it. I think yeah. that's a situation. That's like one of the few situations where they just let the uh, strippers pick the music, and so they're kind of yeah. like, oh, "Okay, this is what uh, this is what they like to to dance to." Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, whatever gets uh, whatever floats the boat, you know. I I do feel like if they chose the music. Um, it would be a, a mixture of like 70s, 70s rock songs uh, right. and uh, just random 50s Italian crooners who I'm sure are incredibly <laughs> yeah. hard to pole dance They'd be to. like trying to pole dance to Louis Prima and shit. Yeah, yeah. Mario Lasagna is just singing. <laughs> so, so Chrissy, like the, you know, the plot point here is that Chris takes over Polly's sports book, which at the time he thinks is like this big honor. So yeah. like one of the major questions I have about this episode is like, is he taking the bets or making the bets? Because like when you take a bet, your entire goal is to set the line so that the bets are even on both sides. Like you kind right. of don't really like if you if you're the sports book, all you care about is setting the line and okay. hopefully it makes it the hopefully the line is in such a place that the bets are even on both sides. Uh, and then you basically, they basically all pay out and then you take a cut, like a 10% of each bet and then you make money either way. But in this, it, it makes it seem like Chris is actually like placing bets himself and losing. Yeah, I, I actually, confused. 
yeah, I I'm I was completely confused about the whole thing. I actually I don't know how betting works at all. Like you're talking about the line, I'm lost so already. You're, ba- yeah. I know there's a spread. I've heard yeah. of a thing the, the called way it a spread. Works is uh, you know, Denver's playing the Lakers and uh-huh. uh like I set the line at whatever like if if people if there's if people think the Lakers are going to win, I mm-hmm. I say the Lakers uh, you know, minus six, which means the Lakers have to win the game by six points. Uh, and okay. hopefully, hopefully that will make it so the same amount of people bet on the Lakers and the Nuggets. That way, that way I don't lose money paying paying them out. Like the goal right. is to is to have it even on both sides, and then so he's he's losing money paying people out. That's that's what it sounds like. I, it, well, it sounds like he's betting. It sounds like he's betting on specific teams himself, which I found slightly confusing. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, uh, I don't know how betting works. I don't bet. I just told you. Yeah. I still don't get it. I kind of phase <laughs> out. I have the same thing with, uh, with like tabletop card games. Like sure. someone tried to teach me Magic the Gathering, and I was just like, I, I yeah. can't. I can't the, do it. The minute like betting and like, I didn't even know if they were betting on football. I was just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just like assumed. Incorrectly. Yeah. Um. So b- before we go on, I just want to say uh, that. Um. Did you feel that this was? I felt like this was a very standard episode of The Sopranos in general. Like this felt I, like it had. I thought it was ed- pretty fantastic. No, no, it was it was good, but it it felt um like uh, Sopranos default setting. Like we've had like two seasons of them kind of getting their shit together. Right. In terms of like uh, how the Sopranos works. And this one felt like uh, the most, like they, they had everything that I like about the Sopranos. They had some, some fainting, they had some therapy, they had some family shit. They had some gangster shit and it all leads to Chris robbing a jewel concert. Like that's, That's like everything no, I love about I, the Sopranos. Like, but you're talking like this is standard Sopranos golden age. Uh, like, right. This is default good Soprano. Like there was much right. worse episodes. Uh, like so the, the the default in seasons one and two was not nearly as good as this episode. I think. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. But like this is the point at which I think I started watching the sopranos and having this as the expectation yes. pretty much and and like, most they can't, most they, episodes matched yeah. it yeah it comes to a consistent level of excellence by this point i think right I right it was yeah. really i also thought it was like the real crux of the episode about like father relationship like the yeah. of your that your father like foist upon you yeah uh, is kind of like the center of the whole show like it really is yeah in many ways like tony and his trauma and like <laughs> like literally meet cause you know we'll, I mean, we'll get to that but like something as small as that yeah it's like this hyper masculine thing of like grilling and you know what i mean and like, yeah yeah and then know. also and they're also and, tr- like they're also all trying to prepare their children to be part of uh like the american upper class which they have no idea how to do themselves so like they yeah. don't yeah. like he doesn't know how to train jackie jr or uh aj how to be like doctors and lawyers and stuff it's like he's he's telling him that he doesn't want them to go in his footsteps but he has no idea how what that next step looks like right they they Uh, they only know it's college 
That's <laughs> yeah, all yeah. they know. Yeah. They, they, all they Which go, was kind of how it was when we went. Like, I feel like when we were yeah. growing up, it was just like, oh, yeah, you go to college. And then after that, you're, uh, you know. It you're all in, works out. Yeah, That's the, the secret is college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, the reason that I'm a gangster today is because I never went to college. And it's so like, <laughs> no, it has, it has more to do with the trauma. Yeah. I, I also think it's really, I mean, and just like the inherited trauma of like, like, yeah. AJ, kind of the cycles of like a child just repeating what their parent does and yeah also for me like carmela is my favorite oh, and yes so good really the best see, you really see like her complicitness and and or just her like that she's kind of um she's kind of rotten in a way at, you know yeah. at the end when meadow is when she's like does your friend know like don't air our family but you know what i mean and like you can right. see her like she's part of i mean she's part. locked into this life i mean and that i you, i think yes but i also like that i saw her as being like a much more like effective um like parent and manipulator than tony is where because right like, tony yeah. just like reacts to things like oh you got a, you got a, you're dating a black and then he gets pissed whereas like Carmela is Carmela uh, doesn't like it I, either. How, she doesn't, but she has, but she knows she has that more she knows that she knows tact. she yeah she can't go in through the front door. She's got to yes, you yeah. know wait for it to blow over, which you know right. She's she's as racist, but <laughs> or or at least like similarly racist to Tony in terms of like a traditional, uh, aka racist, uh, you know, uh, wish that she date within her race basically, um, mm-hmm. but she also is she's more cunning she knows that you know if you if you make this a thing uh she's gonna do it just to spite us you know yeah Yeah. and so she has to be more careful with her uh you know her deep deep desire to be (laughs) racist i also think she's like very insightful of meadows like she kind of knows Mm. the game that meadows trying to play in a way that tony doesn't where she's like because that is true. It's like you were gonna have this out with your father in front of your friend. Like that was gonna, yeah. That was gonna be really shitty for him. But okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so the scene we're talking about specifically is the one where uh, Carmela and um, and AJ both uh, visit Meadow in Colombia, and when they arrive, they see Meadow is there with her new boyfriend go, Noah. Go Lions. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh and of course the you know I I guess this was a setup a little bit uh for Tony to show up with them and yeah. have it out with Noah which is uh, the, to me a very confusing like I think it was she wanted to subject she was okay with subjecting Noah to more abuse if it meant that she could see it for herself. Like she wanted to see and have like visual proof she wanted the attention of tony's racism college freshman she she is and she did she she did want to be uh sanctimonious in front of him and yeah. uh and she doesn't disappoint i actually i have a, a clip from that vince uh it's called noah noah told me what dad said to him it's all out in the open so fuck this let's watch the latrine lip oh what'd dad say Anthony, would you go downstairs and wait for me? I would like to talk to your sister. Oh, I know what he said. Go. I'm always being something. 
Why do I bother going anymore? <laughs> what did your father say? Like he didn't tell you, please. Well, believe what you he like. He called Noah things that are so disgusting and ugly, I can't even repeat it. No, you are right. There is no excuse. Just look at him punch his fucking lights out. Because you're a civilized person. <laughs> but you wanted your father to come here for what? To subject your friend to this again? Oh, wait. So I'm in the wrong. The rest of the world should work around his racist, retrograde, fucking asshole personality. I mean, the beauty of this is like classic Sopranos where there are no good guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm. It, it, first of all, <laughs> Noah saying he's lucky I didn't punch his fucking lights <laughs> out is it, weirdly, it's so relatable to me. <laughs> yeah. It's such a Be- good college freshman thing to say, too. Yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah. dude, if, if he had said it to me one more time, I swear to God, yeah. dude. Ooh, yeah. I swear oh, to my God. friends hadn't been there holding me back, dude. Ooh, oh, you're, you're, you're lucky I respect lucky, your daughter dude. so much. Like, <laughs> And then Meadow being like, that's because you're a good person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why he didn't immediately try to fight the mob man. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just like it's it's uh, this great kind of like uh I mean, you know, Noah's uh he's he's an 18-year-old kid, you know, he's trying to be an adult and you know, so you know, he he says at one point, I'm not going anywhere unless uh Meadow wants me to, which is like, you know, it's cute and you know, it's almost like when you're I feel like when you're 18 and you're away for college, you are super cosplaying um adult relationships yes. in this way where like even real life you know serious interactions are kind of like theater you know mm-hmm. yeah you're like in a felicity episode yeah, yeah exactly and not only that like her parents sent her to college specifically so that she would like outgrow them in terms of like you know wokeness and being an intellectual uh, right and so right. like she's just she's doing yeah she's cosplaying that She's, yeah, and I love when um he later when she's like we're going out of town this weekend to Connecticut I think yeah it's right like, friends who work in Hollywood yeah <laughs> they work at NBC so they work at NBC. yeah yeah it's this weird kind of like uh, um and, and she starts the sentence if you must know which I gotta say is something. <laughs> That only people who want to sound smart say, <laughs> well, yeah. if you must know, me and... Yeah, she's also, she's also trying to, like, shame her mom for being, like... Yeah. She's in a di- to, like, our family is, like, so provincial and, like, yes. you know what I mean? And so she's... There's a lot of... And I think Carmela and her have that dynamic a lot about... Oh, yeah. Like, shaming her for being like a housewife you know yeah 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 shaming shaming carmela for her retro retrograde lifestyle which is just it's a super super mean thing to do to your mom especially since she raised you but at the same time you know uh that's but again kinda, that's what they sent her to college to do is to that, exactly yeah, that's yeah. what you learn in college you know you learn how to pretend you're better than people <laughs> uh, and yeah. and hate your parents um yeah so that's that's basically uh, one of the things that Tony is uh, dealing yeah, with. Yeah, that's the um, uh, that's the Meadow Carmela storyline, and uh, yeah, and then then there's my and then we favorite storyline. Oh, oh, what's your favorite? Janice. Oh, oh yes. I mean, we've all known a Janice, and God, it's just so perfect. This whole the entire storyline. 
she, it's she's, amazing. It's she's, like Seth Flannery O'Connor short story. <laughs> yeah. Which one? I don't. I don't know anything. The one where the one where uh, the woman has one. She's a wooden leg, and the traveling salesman like swipes her leg. Oh, <laughs> I don't like, know that one. But barn. Yeah, that does sound amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, every every season, or I guess it's like every episode that has a little bit of Janice at this point. I just get excited um because but this i feel like this is the peak janice episode no it really i mean she just keeps getting better i mean so far this is this is her peak um so basically we're back to last week's episode um where janice is obsessed with getting these musical theater records back from svetlana Mm -hmm. the one-legged caretaker uh who was she she got those records gifted to her by Livia before Livia passed and she is not willing to give them back now you'd think that you'd leave that storyline alone like that would just be you know a little bit of flair a little no. bit of comedy for last week's no, episode no, the no, fact no. that if you've ever known an still... italian family you know you would never leave that storyline alone and it would come back many times over and over <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, um, so yeah, so she... Janice moves back into uh, Livia's house. Um, Tony allows it. And Svetlana has uh, basically found another place to stay. And they spend one night together. Um, Svetlana stays in Janice's old room uh, while Janice tries to convince her, like, if you could please just consider giving me those records back. Then she wakes up the next day. Um, and her leg is gone. Janice has stolen her leg, <laughs> and and Jan- Janice briefly is trying like the the good cop act, and uh, oh, yeah. you know because uh, what's her face is Russian. She's like, oh no, I'm not buying this for a second. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's like, like she it cuts through all of Janice's bullshit, which is I think a reason that Janice hates her so much. Yes, I I, I think it's the fact that she is so blunt. Like yeah. you can't really manipulate. Svetlana, um, and you get some of the best. Like that slut Sal stole my leg, like, <laughs> and, and then she oh. says, "Like this c word's gonna be sorry she ever fucked with me." Like she's just she has some good zingers. Oh, yeah. it is it is great, and uh, just everything it, it, Svetlana says, even when she just tells Tony, she's like. There's two Miller genuines in the fridge, and it's like, oh, yeah, like the way she says Miller genuine. Yeah, she's got a great <laughs> accent, and uh, and so at this point, um, this has become such a recurring thing with Janice, where she uh, is basically the um, godfather of pettiness. Uh, that I think it's going to be a recurring clip segment on the show called uh, Janice Petty Godfather. bullshit where is my leg your leg uh, oh yeah where's your i know you took it that's preposterous i mean what possible use would i have for your leg because you think that will make me give records back if you see some karmic connection between your taking my mother's records and the disappearance of your leg wow the records return to the rightful owner and so does the leg i can see how you got there i don't know how you can live with yourself this cunt is gonna be sorry she ever fuck with me. Well, you better hope you have all your shit out of here, cause I'm calling the locksmith. <laughs> well, oh, you did a lot right. of audio editing once again. Yep, yep, yep. That was uh, that was the Godfather theme played by a bad recorder. Um, and yeah, I I, I do love the. Uh, the toughness uh, of Janice when she says, um, you better have all your stuff out of here because I'm calling a locksmith. <laughs> like, I'm changing the locks. She's just, she is uh, a petty, cowardly gangster. And uh, it's just so much fun to watch. But also like a woman that I would probably, that would like teach Sunday school. Like, oh, 100%. I mean, like, I would <laughs> oh, God, it's like, so true. by her at my local parish. Oh, and like, be, I just see, I just saw that when i was watching her yeah i mean it's you know, a fake enlightened hippie woman where she you know 
is teaching everybody important lessons about psychology, but while while being the most petty human manipulative human being alive. Yeah, I mean everything she does is a grift, um, which is the exact same thing as anyone in the mafia. Everything that anyone does in the mafia is a grift of one form or another. It's just Janice's grifts are um, they they're they're more petty and they also uh, have no return on investment really like they're all just the worst get rich quick schemes she just feels entitled to her mom's records and uh she wants them that's that's the whole thing yeah she wants well she's gonna sell them yeah she's like just as much of a sociopath as tony a hundred percent even i would argue more so yeah i was gonna say like she's like almost crueler (laughs) yeah definitely crueler that's a cruel thing to do to someone and like she's just yeah it's weird because you 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 this is the first time where because you really have to think about like holy shit she just stole a woman's whole ass leg (laughs) like that is incredibly sociopathic like that's something that i i would not even consider doing and it is uh it's just amazing because you see tony as kind of like uh, he's a murderer. He murders people, sure, you know, sure. and you go, well, that's that's the height of sociopathy. But then you see someone stealing someone's legs to get a, some records back. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I think that's worse. I feel like everybody's got like a crazy aunt or like, a, you know, like a yeah. sister in law or someone who's like a Janice where you just like can't stop telling tales about their absolute yes. petty manipulativeness. Uh, yes, everyone has like an aunt like that or like a friend Munchausen-esque aunt or something (laughs) yes crazy shit like that yeah 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 I mean I I I think you're right there is like everyone has one Janice in their life and that Janice whether they're a family member or someone who you you know is just someone who's in the orbit of a friend group that person brings so many people together uh-huh. d- yeah. to just yes. talk about yeah. the crazy Michigas that this person has put you through. I mean, I I I have a Janice um, in my life who uh, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but like I know that someday she's going to convince me to just give her a thousand dollars. <laughs> and I'm and I'm ready for it. Yeah, you're like, keeping it in the bank just in case. Yeah, I have it in the bank just in case. It is, you know, my Janice is a thousand dollars, and it's just someday she's gonna convince me that she needs it, and she needs it right now. And yeah. I'm gonna be like, I have it ready for you. There's yeah. no way I'll be able to say no because you know she's a Janice. And I think some of those relatives, like when they want money like that, like sometimes they don't even they just want to be able to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They just—they don't even need like a specific reason for a thousand bucks. They just—they just want a thousand bucks. They're they're people. I would say like they're people for whom, um, like affection is one part suffering, and so like in order for you to prove in in order for them to feel your in uh, affection, like they have to make you suffer in some ways, and then (laughs) in the act of making you suffer, they that's 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 them feeling like acceptance and affection yeah it's because you've allowed them uh to uh you've allowed them to make you suffer and that i think is 
there's power there, but then there's also kind of like, okay, good. That it's like uh, that's how I know that you love me yes. is that uh, I can test you like uh-huh. that, and I can I can severely hurt you and your self esteem, and you will not throw me out of your life. It is uh, it's yeah, it's a weird thing. And I think Tony does that like constantly in this well obviously but like specifically with dr melfi yes i think and as as the relationship like kind of intensifies like he he's always doing that with her like he's always kind of belittling her in their sessions in, in lots of ways but but i think it's because he's afraid she's gonna leave him yeah 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 i think you're right and and i think he uh he holds that um uh, over her or it's it's like the way that he stops himself from being powerless in that situation where she could at any point just be like I, I'm not seeing you anymore is he threatens to leave mm-hmm. over and over again like every other you know episode with uh, Melfi he is being like hey listen this is either gonna start working or or i'm out of here and he has he has no real interest in leaving you know the only time he ever shows interest uh like i think the only time he ever did leave and i'm not sure if this is uh, in later seasons or if this happened last season is like when he just feels good enough and secure enough in himself that's when he decides like i don't need her anymore but because he's an incredibly insecure man he actually needs her most of the time. Yeah. So, uh, final plot line, I guess, is uh, well, I guess there's two other ones. There's yeah, there's there's, there's a few more. Going AJ on. in the football, uh, yeah, making his dad proud for once, which is uh, you know kind of kind of fun to watch. And then uh, and then Jackie April, we meet Jackie yeah. April for the well, not yeah, for it's the a first tale, time, a... but uh, we get to know him for the first time. Yeah, it's a tale of two fail sons. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. Both who are, uh, I mean, one who has this inflated view of himself and one who has a deflated view of himself. Like mm-hmm. Jackie, Jackie D thinks he's a gangster. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he shows up to a meeting with Tony in like Matrix attire. <laughs> yeah. Very much. What time is it? yeah yeah so great and you know ask him of course to take the sunglasses off and he he does it like it's a chore yeah and uh you know and he is you know uh, i think he's lying to tony saying that he would never drop out of school um because at that point i think he already had dropped out um but uh you know he deep inside wants to be a gangster he's incredibly jealous of uh chrissy's rise uh to being a made man um and you know but he's, he's the, not that... he's the heir apparent as uh, yeah exactly <laughs> as he says so a um, l- little trivia on that on the guy who plays jackie jr uh sure jason serbone was born in yonkers new york he got his start acting at age four appearing on a commercial for sesame street he signed with the ford modeling agency in new york city at age seven Oh boy! Uh, Serbone later appeared in Bon Jovi's "Silent Night" music video, as well as the title character in Suzanne's video, so Suzanne Vega's video for the song "Luca." Um, I feel oh, like anybody who signed with a modeling agency at age seven uh, has seen yep. some shit. Oh my! I can't even imagine. Lindsay Lohan signed with Ford Models at like five. Yeah, you know, Jesus. you know, you got really good parents when that happens. Yeah. 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 Those also, are parents who care about you. 
when Jackie Jr. is talking about Rutgers, yeah, uh, you know, because it's so. I feel like people don't get that. Like in Jersey, when you're in Jersey, when you go to Rutgers, it's like oh, you just it's like almost like an inevitable thing. Mm-hmm. But people and it's a great university. But in Jersey, I think we just take it for granted because like everyone goes there. But like oh. out of state, everyone like reveres Rutgers, and like in Jersey, we're like oh, it's just Rutgers. But it's like a top tier it's so weird like yeah that is strange i i i i didn't know it was a top tier university but i kind of assumed so um based on the fact that jackie jr um immediately drops out yeah because it's just you know he's he goes there and he is expected to be a good student to study and uh and and he can't so i assume that wasn't one of those like kind of a a fuck off school kind of safety safety school um but yeah he drops out meanwhile uh aj takes that trip to columbia and after he's like you know sent out of the room he looks around at like you know he sees a bunch of like goth kids like reading and he sees uh, a a muslim woman in hijab and is uh, is immediately like these people are way too smart for me yeah <laughs> they're, Such they're a, a bunch great of middle freaks. school reaction to uh college yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's unfortunate because it seems like those are those are the exact images that like drove him away from college if it had just been like people like uh you know uh if what he wanted to see which is a bunch of people skateboarding yeah and taking like, huge bong rips and uh taking huge movies. bong rips uh and then just like a fucking you know a super smash brothers tournament like he would have been like <laughs> oh hell yeah college <laughs> instead he uh he saw his nightmare of people uh you know being individuals and it's like a direct it's a direct like effect of his parents like racism yeah no it's straight up they're upstairs arguing in meadows dorm and he's outside and he sees like diversity and he's like "Mm." yeah right is i can't i can't i can't this is too scary yeah Yeah, this this isn't for me um but yeah uh so jackie jr um of course puts um puts chris onto a um a heist. What was the a, what was the other Jackie Jr. S character from like season one? The one they had to whack with the Matthew Bevilacqua. Yeah, it's almost yeah. the same guy. It's kind of similar, um, but kind Matthew Bevilacqua. I, I think Matthew Bevilacqua's character did uh, didn't really have any real connection. Sure. He was kind of a wannabe uh, in a different way, whereas yeah. like Jackie Jr. is. Um, you know, is kind of, he's AJ's other, you know what I mean? He's like, he, he was the son. He was the heir apparent of the New Jersey crime family until his dad passed from cancer. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he has a little bit more, um, I don't know. He's there's, there's a little more background to him. There's a little bit more like you, you kind of, he's not just a buffoon. That was kind of Matthew Bevilacqua's character. Right. Um, I mean, he is a buffoon. He is a buffoon, but he's not only a buffoon. Sure, sure. He's also an asshole, uh, and uh, and and also and yeah. Um, yes. So he he puts uh, <laughs> he puts Chris onto um, a heist that he was uh, gonna do. Uh, what I would call a jewel heist. Hey, Very good. thank you. Thank I didn't you. even make uh, that connection. 
Yeah. That should have uh, been the name of the episode, Jewel Heist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I have a few alternate titles um, real quick. Um, my titles are Jewel Heist, a.k.a. These Foolish Games Are Tearing Me Apart. Oh. Um, and I also have Made, more like M-A-I-D, but that one wasn't as good. <laughs> my, my title was The Crow, City of Angels. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like, I like. Um, so, yeah. Chris hears about, uh, you know, kind of like something in the vicinity of Jackie Jr. and whatnot. And he kind of like puts it away because, you know, he's doing a sports book now. He's a made guy. And then um, he has a little bit of bad luck with a football uh, with his with the sports book, with the football bets and loses a bunch of money somehow. I don't know how bets work. I still don't. Vince, <laughs> stop trying to explain. Um and actually, I have a I have a clip from that of of uh, when he loses the the money due to the football game. I told you you should have fucking laid off some of that action. Spreads eleven. Oregon's down by twelve. They're on the forty five yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all American fucking field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? See. USC, that spread could have opened at 18, fucking top 10 team. And so we should have laid off some of the action in Philadelphia. Paulie did it all the time. You see him here? What's the matter with you people? You daff, answer the fucking phones. So I'm guessing, like, I think uh, <laughs> when he says we should have laid off some of the action, like, I guess there was people betting heavily one side and they were like, fuck oh, it, yeah, we'll take that's... all those bets. And so they didn't even out and then they got up. And maybe spread some of the action over other football games again. Yeah, no, they should have moved the spread so they got more. Don't care. That's on the other side. I think that's don't understand. Reminds me of um, because it always reminds me of Silver Linings Playbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking about the every time I hear anything about betting, I, I'm like, I think I have like PTS from that scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I, or, I don't uh, understand it. Or the one what's Adam Sandler the Jewel one with Adam Sandler? Uh, on- Jewel. The, the one with Kevin Garnett and Adam Sandler that just came oh, out. Oh, oh, uncut gems. Uncut gems, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, uncut. yeah. That, I'm, my shoulders are still kind of tense from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So he he loses uh badly, and of course, we, what an interesting thing is is that Pauly, uh, after he welcomes a May, you know, you're made now. Um, you get the sports book. Also, you owe me six thousand dollars a week. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of expecting that at some point, like Tony and Polly would be hanging out and be like, you know, uh, hey, at some point, are you gonna, are you gonna stop this prank of having to charge him six thousand dollars a week? Because that's not tenable at all. Yeah. Um, but that didn't happen, which means like, how the fuck? Well, is he, he gave him. To- he gave him a whole sports book with the presumption that he'd be making a lot more than six thousand dollars a week on it i mean i assume so but i mean my god i was just like uh, i was just thinking about like it's 2001 six thousand dollars a week and i'm just like i don't know a lot of money i don't think i've ever made six thousand dollars a week in my life yeah a lot i just just on a side like i'm every time i watch the show i'm like so deeply conflicted because i'm like I'm like very much attracted to like Polly. Like I think he's yeah? so hot, and like these people who just in normal in normal world I probably wouldn't 
be drawn to, but like Polly splayed out in his socks. Like, <laughs> very into that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like the I like the the silver uh, wingtips that he's got. Uh, those are nice. Uh, what also, does he tell he, Christopher? He says, "Pop the cuffs," or what does he say? What does he say? He tells him to pop his cuffs. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Polly fucks. Polly yeah, fucks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's the the dude isn't you know he he isn't getting yoked for no reason you know <laughs> Th- that dude he's got some guns and he's like who who fucking I have no idea how old Polly is. And that's one of the weird things also with this show. It's like, he's kind of like timeless and ageless. Like uh-huh. you assume that he's 60 because like look 42, at him. I think. But right. He's probably 42. He just tans a lot. Yeah. <laughs> These guys had no skincare regimen at all. Other than like, you know, the just put that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Plus he's, you know, he's eating heavy meat sauce, you know, like four or five yeah. times a week, which you should A lot of do. meat sauce and they base themselves in oil right before they go tanning. I mean, these guys these guys are gonna get melanomas. Yeah. I'm just saying. You gotta be careful out there. Um Dude. so Chris has to go chase uh the extra money that he owes Paulie now because he's short and uh it all leads to him. Uh, eventually robbing a jewel concert, which um, <laughs> which I think uh, deserves uh, for me to play the sting for my favorite segment. It's the 90s. It's the 90s. Parents are supposed to discuss sex with their children. It's the 90s. It's, it's the 90s. 90s. Hell yeah. Um, so in terms of the 90s-ness of this episode, uh, I... I gotta say, uh, robbing a jewel concert in scream masks <laughs> tops the list. Yeah. Well, there's also I, AJ's like Slipknot. Uh, oh yeah, Slipknot windbreaker and coal chamber mm-hmm. jacket. Oh my god, coal chamber. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean everything about every time AJ's on screen, it's it's the '90s. That's that's the feeling I get. But I was just like, I was I was shocked by the 90s-ness of like jewel scream masks and i was just like yeah. this is this and is we, wow i mean which brings us to our other point of trivia is the fact that the guy selling tickets to the jewel benefit yes is perez hilton and that and then like it took me a second i was like why do i know that guy's face yeah and then i looked up the wikipedia for the episode and he's not in there but then i had to like google Perez Hilton Sopranos and to confirm my suspicions that it actually was him. So so you suspected it was him. Yeah, I recognized his face. And Carrie, did you know that was Perez Hilton? Yeah, I, I knew immediately. I, I thought at first it was going to be like he just is in the background. But when he started confronting them, I was like, oh, he's like having a moment. Like, <laughs> So did you know he was in the episode before you watched the episode or... No, I didn't. The only one I knew really was because Lady Gaga is in one of the episodes. So uh-huh. that's like, it's like, really? Yeah, she's like on the bleachers during a. They're like partying at the school pool. Oh shit! Like with one of Meadows' friends. I'm uh, telling you, the amount of. I mean, random... if you saw her face, you'd be like, "Well, that is an Italian that should be in one of these episodes." Yeah, she is very naturally Italian, <laughs> and is. that is. But for me, I'm I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan, and she and Perez had a famous feud really to him her calling the police on him because he moved into her building and she she was trying to get like a restraining order on him i think jesus christ but i love that they both had their start 
such like a perfect uh, East Coast feud between um, yeah. you know, an Italian from Jersey and a Cuban from Florida who've both changed their names to uh, to shed their ethnicity. <laughs> right. Wait, so Perez Hilton is Cuban? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not know that. I did not know. Um, yeah, that... Also a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he's... Oh, he was he the does, worst. He seems Sorry. like a... Uh, uh, kind of like a peak scumbag but he's like one of those people that i don't i don't really know too much about other than like he was like what if i was just tmz and yeah. he, like, he, the only thing you really need to remember about him is he drew like come come dripping from people's mouths like, yeah that's right that's but, right but, but yeah he was but he was very much like an important figure of that time like he really yeah like online oh yeah like, he was He's like uh, the original shit poster. I mean, like as someone who like basically ran a blog in the aughts, uh, you know, Perez Hilton was like the most famous person doing that. And it was always kind of like, and if you read any of his stuff, you're like, why are people fucking reading this? Like, it's not like the writing is bad and it's just very like sixth grade burn book type shit. Yeah. But the real, the real, the gr- actually great shit poster who still posts is delisted mm-hmm. and he's he also does celebrity news but he's an amazing writer and he like creates characters so he you know talent talent it has longevity yeah, yeah. cream rises the cream yeah. rises to the top do you think perez hilton's still rich or is that like uh, or did it run out is he has he moved on i don't know i i think he still has the web i think people still read it but I think he's so, I don't know. I, I I remember one time seeing him at a, like twice in like a week at a, at like <laughs> gay bars in New York. And I was just like, I need to not go out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to wait this out. I'm going to yeah. wait this out and eventually I'll be able to go and he will not be there. Yeah. You know, that's it. That does sound like a nightmare. I, it's funny. I actually, uh, I get him uh, and the fat Jewish uh, mixed up, Who's just kind of gems. What's that? Oh, he Who's was in on gems. So I'm telling you, very... yeah. I mean, yeah. It, Which one Sopranos... of them fucked Jerry, though? That's what I want to know. Ah, hey. that's a hey, yes. we're having fun here. Yes. Hey, Stunad. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, I guess the most important storyline, if you count Tony as being an, an important character. Uh, which I do <laughs> is uh, the fact that he finally has a therapeutic breakthrough. Uh, could with we Melfi. just could we just not with all the fucking therapy in this show? Hey, listen, the therapy is the show. All right, no, it's like it's the, analyzed it's part this, of the pitch, but, but it's like serious. all right, we, we've outgrown this pitch. We don't need to do the goddamn psychoanalysis every episode. That's true, but I do feel like they they started um, balancing it a little bit, uh, and I thought this episode was a good example of that balance where um, he goes and you know threatens her again, like I'm gonna leave if we don't if I don't stop fainting, and then she tries to explain you know uh, kind of like the connection with meat. She's like, no, you're Marcel Proust. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and I, I felt like. What I love about Tony in therapy is the fact that um, he's just he's just kind of a dumb guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's just he's a dumb dumb in therapy. (laughs) And 
I feel like Melfi forgets that. Either she forgets it. She doesn't it. forget that. She's just I, like I, Meadow. She's a grown-up Meadow where she likes to rub references in his face. Yeah. yeah, and um, so I, I do have a clip from that, uh, Vince. It's called Proust. Mm. That's why you're short-circuited. Puberty. Witnessing not only your mother and father's sexuality, but also the violence and blood so closely connected to the food you were about to eat. And also the thought that someday you might be called upon to bring home the bacon, like your father. All this from a slice of gabagool. Kind of like Proust's Madeleines. He took a bite of a Madeleine, and that one bite unleashed a tide of memories of his childhood and ultimately of his entire life. This sounds very gay. I hope you're not saying that. He's just the dumbest man, and he cannot he cannot help himself uh, but like but just he's thick. And and it's one of the things that I, I, I enjoy about kind of uh, the the therapy scenes progressing as the show goes on is like they they kind of stop the whole thing like we're going to connect everything to therapy every episode will be connected to therapy in some way and like um you know he's going to he's going to kind of become new agey like they kind of like hinted that a little bit but he's he he just isn't smart enough and i'm i, I like that they you know that he can't hear an explanation of proust without being like this all sounds kind of gay to me like yeah. it's like he he can't even if he's like close to maybe elevating himself a little yes. he like that's gay like that's that could make him like less of a man right yeah. right he so he like, worries about it uh, emasculating him in some way. I mean, it's that's like, the entire premise of Queer Eye is that self-improvement is gay. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I but, also just had a flat, like, just, I still can't believe that was like, I mean, as a gay man, like, I, I, you know, I still remember it. And like, I said it too, but like how gay was just thrown around so much. Like, oh, yeah. It's crazy, like that's so, and it, it's almost kind of funny in a way. Like I can look back on it and be like, like that was normal in, in two thousand one. Just be like, you're gay. Oh <laughs> yeah, for gay. sure. You know? oh, all, although in, uh, I think, I'm wondering, like Tony sounds like he's being literal there, where he's oh, like, he's being, he's being literal. I'm just thinking yeah. of like that time. Oh, oh, in general, yes, yeah. it was, it was like, just uh, what you said, and it was shorthand every time. Yeah, he's like very much like I always. I mean his sexuality is always very like something's going on (laughs) (laughs) well they yeah yeah. they're like everything's gay to them like proust is gay uh going to therapy is gay eating pussy is gay for some reason (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) they make they make a lot of connections uh to their masculinity that uh is just very confusing uh (laughs) like like some things have uh nothing to do with your sexuality or masculinity but they want to be extra sure and i do feel like tony was like earnestly checking in you're not saying i'm gay right yeah yeah (laughs) like he's like just as long as you're not saying that um but yeah he uh he definitely like has sort of a meat 
based breakthrough in this episode, which I appreciated uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, it's something he can relate to. You know, it's like if he's going to if he's going to kind of like get to the root causes of uh, his panic attacks. I'm glad it's uh, on his terms, unlike the terms you can understand. Like if I see meat, sometimes I faint like yeah. that. I, I, I like the simplicity of that. And uh, yeah. And she yeah. was, ex- you could tell she was excited that she, it was like, Oh, I can explain this really well to him. Yeah, no, she, she <laughs> yeah, was, like, Oh, I know oh. Proust. Yeah. <laughs> You'll love this. You'll love this. All right. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, all in all, the episode ends with uh, Jackie Jr. pissing himself and, uh, the, you know, uh, Chrissy realizing being made isn't all that it's made out to be. <laughs> Pardon the fun. Uh, and um, AJ uh, is sad and confused about his future. He's obviously feeling down on himself. So, you know, hopefully uh, in the next few episodes he'll uh, get a little pick-me-up maybe get a little bit of his uh confidence back mm-hmm. but but we'll have to wait and see um real quick uh the last few sections uh first let's talk about who the real gangsta of the episode was i'm gonna say the subconscious vince who's um, the real gangster i would say uh pyramid schemes like they've definitely structured the mob like a pyramid scheme where everybody's got to kick up uh yeah and uh yeah pyramid schemes are the real gangsta carrie what do you think uh the real gangsta of of this episode was as um, opposed to the mafia svetlana's leg like that, whole, <laughs> uh-huh. that whole that was just like insane to me. yeah that yeah whole. yeah janice is definitely janice Janice swiping her leg was just yeah like, yeah yeah for sure yeah Janice she truly is the real gangster that is and definitely the, the most gangster move of this episode like bar none yeah yeah now you've got to be a uh, fucking stone cold gangster to be like now you got one leg bitch give me the musical theater back handle yeah. uh, <laughs> out vinyl yeah 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 um now uh, real quick Gaba Vafangul this is where we just uh, go over um, some Italian American slang. That we learned in this episode. So interesting. Uh, so here, uh, when Tony says, "What's Jackie Jr. hanging out doing? Hanging out with that Mutadel?" I didn't get that because, like, to me, like the only thing that I know about Mutadel is like that means like mortadella, and so I don't know if that's like a an insult to call someone uh, like a cured meat uh, somehow. Huh. I, I I don't know. I like that's all I could come up with. I couldn't find. I tried to Google it. I didn't come up with any good answers there. Um, well. If That's you know, like, it's like a writer's room, like, yeah, yeah. Well, well you got to call him something Italian. Someone, just, just one of the consultants, be like, call him a mutadel. <laughs> yeah, trust yeah. me. Um, and then another one. Uh, 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 what's his name? Polly tells Christopher, uh, "Don't give me the maloikia," which uh, that's the. Uh, Maloik, oh, the Maloika. That's the evil eye. Evil eye. The actual. It's like a bastardization of Malocchio. Which uh, you know, Okio is Italian for ah, oh, mal eye. as in bad, yeah. Okio as an eye, yeah. And then so actually, like Italian, the Italian version of an arm and a leg is an eye in the head. So like when you say something costs a lot, it costs un occhio della testa, which means an eye of the head. So like you know, oh. yeah, which that's is a interesting. Weird, weird, uh, are you are you like fully Italian, Vince? Uh, no, I'm half Italian, and I only know this because I was like you know fucking 
trying to learn Italian via uh, audio audio tape. Okay. Oh, you should try Duolingo. Yeah, that was not. Uh, well, you can't do Duolingo when you're on a bike ride. But you know, I never learned this That's from a good like, point. family or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, but you could do it at, at home in bed. My girlfriend does, and uh, we are not having sex as much anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I think that uh, that covers most of this episode. Uh, all in all, uh, this season is looking to be pretty good. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, solid B plus. Car- solid B plus for sure. Uh, Carrie, where can people find you uh, on the internet? Uh, you can follow me at ecario on Twitter and Instagram, and listen to Sexy Unique podcasts for a weekly dose of reality TV. Hell yeah, yeah! From uh, from our uh, TV podcast to yours, I say uh, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Really fun. Yeah, thanks for being on. Yeah, that's uh, great. Frogcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, concerns, um, and also uh, patreon.com slash frogcast for our bonus episodes of uh, a different podcast where we talk about movies instead of The Sopranos. Uh, so check that out, frogcast at gmail.com. Vince, what is the Google voice number? 415 all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, teespring.com slash store slash broadcast for all of your uh, merch needs. We got merch now. Hey, you can buy a pod yourself a gun mug. Actually, you can't. I haven't made that yet, but you will. So check it out. Uh, that's teespring.com slash store slash broadcast. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.